It's Sunday morning. Time for the Great Outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Good morning. Welcome to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio, and thank you so much for being with me this morning. I hope you enjoy the show. I'm going to start off going north of the border to what I've always considered to be our friends in Canada, and I'm beginning to wonder, are they? Question mark. What is going on at the Canadian Wildlife Service that they are taking all of a sudden such an anti- well, first of all, anti-American point of view, and second of all, an anti-wildlife management point of view. And it's not just the Canadian Wildlife Service, it's also some Canadian provinces. So to put this in perspective, we know that hundreds of thousands of Americans have gone fishing, millions have gone fishing in Canada through the years, hundreds of thousands go annually. We uh, support the rural economies, of virtually all the provinces in Canada. And uh, ever since Canada decided that if you had a DWI driving under the influence, DUI driving under the influence, that uh, you were a felon and couldn't come into Canada, they have been whacking away at Americans coming to Canada to, to recreate. And it has cost the Canadians' businesses a tremendous amount of money over the year. It's, it's well known the number of times that Americans have been basically pulled off buses, whether it's Temple Bay Lodge or other means of transportation going into Canada, because when the passports were checked and they ran a background, the person had a DUI and uh, they weren't allowed into Canada. So this isn't about fishing. This is about management. The first thing is coming out of Saskatchewan, which uh, if it, if it holds, will pretty much, and the idea of Americans going on their own to go hunting in in Saskatchewan, uh, which Americans far outnumber Saskatchewan residents in the hunting in the province of, of, of Saskatchewan. So the law that is being contemplated, or the rule, is that you cannot hunt on private land in Saskatchewan without the written permission of the landowner. You might say, well, that makes sense. Illinois has that law. Why would we be upset if Saskatchewan had that law? The difference is you can travel 30 miles in Saskatchewan and never find a human being living in that part of the world. So many of these farms have become just enormous holdings. And so many of the landowners don't live in Saskatchewan. They live elsewhere. Or if they do live in Saskatchewan, they live in a town that could be 50 miles from uh, where you want to go hunting. And the, since the, basically the beginning of car transportation in Saskatchewan, the way to hunt birds has been to drive the, the, the country roads, the gravel roads. And when you see a flock of Hungarian partridge, covey of Hungarian partridge or a covey of sharp tails, you, you park your vehicle, you get out and you chase them across the wide open prairie. If you see a flock of mallards feeding in a, in a stubble field, you get out and you hunt them. If you see a, a bunch of, of geese using a field, you hunt them. If you see birds in a wetland, that's where you go hunting. You have no idea who owns the land. 
and there is virtually no posted land in, in Saskatchewan. So what's brought this about? It's been brought about by the selfish interests, I believe, of outfitters in Canada who want you to have to use them to be able to go hunting in Saskatchewan. So if this rule or law holds, when I go to Saskatchewan this fall, which, by the way, I won't do if this happens, and I'm sure many of you listening probably will change your plan if you've been going to Saskatchewan. It's hard enough to get into Saskatchewan right now with with guns and COVID and all the restrictions on firearms. But now to have to be able, and and by the way, the, the landowners don't change, but the fields the birds use change. The fields, the Hungarian, the covers the Hungarian partridge use from year to year change. So you're driving along a road and you see a, a, a covey of, of Hungarian partridge that flush and they fly out into a field. You're supposed to now go find that landowner. That landowner could be 100 miles away. So you're either not going to go find the landowner or you're going to go walk out on the field as you always have. And if you're unfortunate enough to walk out on that field and a game warden happens to come by, guess what? You're not hunting in Canada for years. You're going to lose your privileges. So what they are doing in Saskatchewan is is simply, in my view and the view of people I've talked to, an effort by outfitters to require American hunters to pay them to go hunting. And they, in turn, will have the revenue from your hunting when, in fact, the revenue that you've been providing has been to hotels and grocery stores and all these things. Now you got to go through an outfitter. That's what it's going to amount to. It is going to almost eliminate any freelance hunting in Saskatchewan, and it is going to drive hunting numbers in Saskatchewan way down. There are lots of people who hunt in Saskatchewan who do not use an outfitter for bird hunting. In fact, I would offer far more people don't use an outfitter than do use an outfitter. So if this holds, I'm afraid freelancing in Saskatchewan, as it's been known since, well, for over, since the, forever, is going to be over. And that is, that's really bad news, in my view. And I think it's, it's very short-sighted in the part of the Saskatchewan government. Landowners aren't, aren't after this. This is, a, this is a move being fostered by a bunch of greedy outfitters who, who apparently have the political will to change the dynamics in Saskatchewan. On top of that, we're finding out now that you're not going to be allowed to bring any birds shot in Saskatchewan back into America because of bird flu. I have a very simple question for any Canadian government listening. A bird that you shoot in Saskatchewan and you process and you clean and you put in a freezer in a plastic bag, how is that bird going to bring bird flu into America versus the bird that is flying over the border, fully feathered, fully alive, and maybe carrying bird flu? It makes absolutely no sense. Yet this appears to be what the Canadian government is going to do, whether it's a grouse, whether it's a pheasant, whether it's a duck, goose, it doesn't matter. Partridge. You're not going to be able to bring birds back in the United States. So there is a disincentive, another major disincentive to not to go to Canada. Most people I know who go to Canada look forward to bringing their birds home and enjoying them with their friends and for table fare for the coming year. They're taking that away from us. Strike three, it, and this is perhaps the most, this is the hardest one to understand. It's hard enough to understand how they can tell you that a bird coming in a frozen Ziploc is going to bring a disease into America. 
but that's that's the policy right now. This one is they are going to eliminate or try to eliminate feeding stations or lure crops, as they call them in Canada. And I spoke about this a few years ago when this idea came up and it went fortunately nowhere. Now it appears to be coming back to life. There has been such a degradation of habitat for migratory birds that if we don't provide areas where they can find food, we literally will starve tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or potentially millions of birds because they don't have the natural foods they once did. And all across Canada, since the beginning of of wildlife management, there have been lure crops, which are areas you cannot hunt, but they are used to concentrate birds and feed birds who otherwise wouldn't have the food available. As agricultural practices have changed, there's very little waste grain left in the fields. And initially, when lure crops started, it was because of the way crops were harvested and the grain was left in the field to dry for days, wheat and barley in particular. And by being left swathed in long rows for days, it provided a buffet table for, for ducks and geese and cranes to come into these fields and just and just have, have at it and the and the yields of of landowners were destroyed, dramatically reduced. I've seen entire quarter sections in Canada, 160 acres just just basically wiped out of any feed that was supposed to be harvested. So farmers asked the Canadian government to provide these lure crops, and now for the past, I think we're close to 100 years, they've been doing so. Well, agricultural practices have changed so significantly that now there's very little waste grain left So when the birds come into the fields to feed, they don't have enough to survive. Without the lure crops, they can't survive. And yet the Canadian government is very close to eliminating lure crops. It will force migratory waterfowl to migrate in a much lessened condition, much less healthy, and that is not good for the resource. So a one, two, three strikes and you're out. It appears that Canada is delivering a one, two, three strikes and you're out for waterfowl, and for people who love to hunt in Canada. Let's hope this doesn't all come to pass, but it does not look very promising. This is Charlie Potter and the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN, and I'll be back with much more in the great outdoors in just a moment. But first, a message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. In the field, hunters need to be alert, sense the environment around them and know exactly where they are, communicate seamlessly with their dogs. And when it comes to pickup trucks, you want the same qualities. The all-new Chevy Silverado comes with an available 4G Wi-Fi hotspot for seamless communication. It's designed to handle the toughest loads with advanced trailering technology, tough on the road and off. And the all-new design gives you more cargo space than the competition. Chevy Silverado is the most dependable, longest-lasting, full-size pickup on the road. Plus, there's never been a better time to see your local Chevy dealer about the Big Fix lease. It's an amazing lease deal that can lower your monthly payments and give you more Chevy, all for less money. That's a treasure hunt. So head to your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and see why Chevy is the number one best-selling brand in Chicagoland, now eight years running. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio, and thank you for being with me. hope you're enjoying the show, and if you're just joining me, 
I'm going to talk briefly about the unprecedented amount of rain that fell in two locations this past week, the St. Louis area and then down in Kentucky. I'm not going to talk about it from what the, the news is talking about. I'm going to talk about it from the perspective of what it means to wildlife. It is where six inches or nine inches of rain fell in a short period of time is pretty much wipes out any ground nesting birds at this time of the year. It also will have a big impact in deer populations in riparian areas along rivers. We're seeing tremendous flooding south of St. Louis and the St. Louis area and then down into Kentucky. We're very fortunate that the major storm that dumped nine inches of rain on St. Louis tracked pretty much south of Interstate 70, so it did not get into the Illinois River. It did not get into the areas that are critical uh, waterfowl staging areas in the fall, and also some of the best quail country in Illinois was spared. But south of there, we will see a basically an obliteration of the nesting season. The nests have all hatched at this time of the year, but the turkey poults and the chicks, the quail, and the pheasant chicks, they are incapable of moving fast enough to avoid floodwaters. So you will have a complete loss of this year's hatch uh, in, in riparian areas where the flooding took place. It's, it's too late now for re-nesting. You also will find a lot of adult birds uh, did not make it out. They're going to, particularly the hens, are going to stay with their, their poults or their chicks. So I think it's really tough news for, for birds. And in the case of deer, uh, deer fawns, um, yes, they can swim, but not in the kind of floodwaters that, that we saw, uh, the flash flooding and then the huge amount of flooding water beyond that. So in short, any extreme in nature is never good. Extreme cold, extreme heat, extreme drought, or extreme moisture. And we have had, we have had extreme moisture, um, unfortunately, through much of the, the midsection of, of, uh, from St. Louis down into Kentucky in the past week. And that's going to make a, uh, that's going to be really, really tough for, um, for those wildlife, uh, birds particular. Last thing I'm going to talk about before the break is uh, I mentioned that as gas prices rose this spring, I was fearful and talking to lodge and outfitters, owners and, and people who work with all kinds of Americans who travel uh, to Canada and into the North Country that we would begin to see a pretty quick um, lessening of interest that appears to be occurring. Uh, for places where people had to drive, um, the price of gas, towing a boat or towing a your uh, your mo- or driving your motorhome or to- towing a Winnebago, whatever it might be, uh, is dissuading people. Travel is getting closer to home. This was inevitable. We've seen this before. Even with the COVID backup that we have, we uh, continue to see um, places now having cancellations that never would have dreamed of it uh, throughout, really throughout the heartland and, and particularly uh, places where distance traveling um, takes place. And so that is. After two years of, of diminished business in so many lodges, resorts, and outfitters, this was the bust-out summer. Well, it, it may be the, the bust summer um, due to the fact that, that cancellations are occurring and the simple cost of operating. And the biggest cost of operating a lodge uh, is your fuel costs. 
And if you've tried to fly commercially recently, um, you're getting stranded all over the place. I was personally stranded. I could spend the next hour talking about people who've been stranded in places because of planes being canceled, coming back from fishing and camping trips. So it's, um, it's not quite the great summer we were hoping for. However, August is just around the corner, and there's still plenty of summer left. I hope you get out into the great outdoors. Next week, I'm going to talk about this greenway idea down the old I-53 corridor in northern Illinois. I'm also going to talk about smaller salmon, what's going on there, and Pittman-Robertson funds. So thank you for being with me. Hope you have a great week in the great outdoors. And if you have a chance, let your friends in Canada know that we still would like to be welcome. We really would. And let's hope they don't move forward with the laws that I was describing at the top of the show. Have a great week in the great outdoors. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN.